I think the reason that I have so much fire in the sport is because like nothing will hurt as much as that season in my life. And I think it kind of like stems almost to like that. Um, and it's cool to like be able to use kind of that pain um, and turn it into something really awesome and empowering, right? and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hi there, and welcome back to the Pursuing Health podcast. This is another episode I recorded over on the Wild Health podcast, and I'm sharing here as well with my good friend, Fee Sigafi. Fee and I met about a decade ago in Cleveland as she was just starting her CrossFit journey. And she has really blossomed as a woman, an athlete, a fierce competitor with incredible grit and determination and a really big heart. So she really opened up in this episode. I'm excited to share it with you and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wild Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, one of the Wild Health Physicians. And today I get to sit down with a good friend, Fee Saghafi, who is a now two times CrossFit Games athlete, heading back to her second CrossFit Games in just a few short weeks. So thank you. And a uh, Wild Health ambassador now. So thank you so much for joining. I'm excited to catch up. I'm always excited to catch up with you, Julie. (laughs) <laughs> so we've known each other for a long time. I think it's probably been at least 10 years now, which is kind of yes. crazy since the first time we met. But can you give listeners a little bit of background about who you were prior to CrossFit? Like what was your athletic background? What brought you into doing CrossFit yourself? Yeah. So CrossFit, it's crazy that you say 10 years because I still feel so young, but like 10 <laughs> you years are. has been a decade, <laughs> a decade ago. So I actually started CrossFit I actually initiated it and kind of found interest in it when I was in my first year in college at John Carroll University. And I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. So right now I'm in Naples training with my coach under brute strength, but originally from Cleveland, Ohio. And I was a first year student, freshman in college. And I think at the time it was like, it was 2013, 2014 kind of was that season. And um, anyways, I was just, I had gone from always Like I had always been an athlete my whole life, meaning like I didn't play a million sports, but I've always had a passion for being outside, getting my hands dirty, playing with the boys, like loved it. And after sports in high school, which I was involved in volleyball and we would travel and I just latched onto volleyball and track. Um, I kind of just got out of, which is amazing being, you're not a tall athlete, but you, you definitely have some hops. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I definitely wasn't in the front row. I was DS, I was defensive specialist. I was libero. So all the background. So like, I'm very much known for like having just like strong quads. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That makes Um, sense. But yeah, so like I went from like always being just busy with sports to not having that at all. And so I was just very, uh, bored in my routine. And also my first year in college, I had a lot going on when it came to just personal body image issues and a little bit of like, 
you know, depression and I got into the wrong crowd and I was in a bad, you know, in a relationship that had a falling out and just like a lot, like a, like just a roller coaster of a year. A tough time. Yeah. Yeah. And so CrossFit was really the thing that actually the guy that I was with at the time, he introduced me to this methodology, this have you heard of this CrossFit thing? Like all these like CrossFit videos started to come out and just this CrossFit starting to like, no one really knew about it. Um, it still was sort of new, um, in 2013, but he had told me about it, showed me a video and the video was, um, eventually I stumbled upon a video called beauty and strength with Andrea Ager was kind of one of the main, uh, girls in there. And Jackie Perez was in there. If you remember them. Yes. I remember that video. And Oh, great video. And so anyways, I ended up seeing like a video of what CrossFit was about completely got hooked. I was like, this is so fun. Like there's nothing that's I I've ever seen like this. And we ended up finding like, uh, an affiliate close to my hometown called Crooked River. Crooked River CrossFit. And I ended up just reaching out to them. I walked through the door, like super new. I don't know anything about CrossFit, but I'm so interested. And yeah, I dropped in and literally that's how it kickstarted the whole CrossFit journey for me. It's amazing. And it's, it really started for you just for your overall health and well-being. It wasn't to seek out an avenue for competition right away. It was look, I want a good community, a positive community. I want to do, you know, healthy things for my body. I want to be strong. And then it eventually started to evolve into more of a a competitive outlet for you. Yeah. I actually, I never, I think almost, I think a lot of people now when they think CrossFit, they think of like the sport of CrossFit, um, or maybe they think of like the aesthetic, the professional athlete, what they do. And that's what they think CrossFit is. And that's not what it is at all, actually. It's not necessarily just the sport. And at the time, I exactly, like, I just joined it because I needed something fun to look forward to. I needed a good community. I needed accountability. I needed, like, I just needed to do things that were good for myself for once where I wasn't doing that at the time alone. And I felt alone and I was bored and I just felt so, like, not strong and not beautiful and not a lot of things that I wanted to be. So it was a great, it was a great first step. And it's crazy how you surround yourself with enough good people. They pull you along and you eventually could do things you never thought you'd be doing, which is this. It is pretty crazy, right? And I think I want to come back to that later because I think the environment that you were in and that you had access to so quickly in training with Scott Panchik, who is, you know, one of the the best in the men's division from over the course of many years and being able to train with him and how that's impacted your training. But but I also have to say it was so, you know, thinking back to when we first met, it was the coolest thing ever <laughs> because we, I was also living in Cleveland for school and we just randomly met one day at a Whole Foods. I think I was sitting there yeah. studying and we met and at the time, you know, I didn't really know who you were, but then, and we wouldn't see each other very often, but every few months, every year or two, we would see each other because we lived on opposite sides of the the city. And just to see your progress was so incredible year after year. And then how you really took on, you know, the, the mental approach and the training and everything in order to be able to become such a successful athlete. So it's been a really cool journey for me too, just watching you sort of from <laughs> afar, but having met you early on before you, you started that journey. And I would say like, for those listening, they don't realize, like, Julie, you are the 
top of the podium, like best in the world, best in the division at the time. And I was like someone that had just been doing it for a couple months. So like, that's where we <laughs> were at. And yeah, I, I could still to this day, remember exactly what I was doing, what corner where you were. Yeah, I, I can was totally picture where we like, were. Me, I actually, so at the, yeah, I still remember being like, if you ever need like a training or if I could ever come to your gym and work out, yeah, you gave me your email and signature. And to this day, Julie, even I, I, I don't live at, obviously at my parents' house anymore, but I have this cork board of just like little memories. And I cut out that piece of notebook paper and it still is right there in my bedroom. That's amazing. <laughs> my That's amazing. Board. And it's such a story because ever since then, like, I feel like ever since that meeting, we just continued to like realize that we also had some mutual friends and connections. And eventually like a year later, I saw you at mentality getting ready for regionals using the runner and right. then team regionals. And it's kind of crazy how worlds. It is crazy. Like it is crazy. And I think that's something too, that's so cool about our sport. You think about like Annie Thor's daughter and Katrin Davis daughter, how you know, when, when Annie first met Katrin, it was, she had just started CrossFit, but Katrin seeing Annie and training with her and seeing that it was possible, then she achieved, you know, the same thing and eventually, you know, was the fittest woman in the world. And so I think there's something about surrounding yourself with people who've been there and who've done it that then, you know, you can see that it's possible. And so it helps to plant that, uh, belief in your mind that you can do it. And you were able to do that in a really big way, obviously, because you joined CrossFit Mentality where Scott Panchik owned and trained and then, you know, his brothers and the whole family. And there's so much um, great CrossFit that has come out of that environment. But can you talk a little bit about that? Like the decision to to start training there and then how Scott and the community helped to progress your training over the next few years? Yeah. So I went from Crooked River CrossFit, you know, great community, great group of, you know, core people. And, and I feel like I, I ended up having like some incredible first friendships there. And the reason that I moved from there to CrossFit mentality was because this was, you know, Scott Pantrick at the time, like he was, you know, this was probably his second or third year, maybe at the games. Um, he was now opening his own affiliate. So he went from being at CrossFit Distinction. I knew like mm -hmm. you had trained there too. We used to train there before. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got, you know, word that, you know, he's opening up his affiliate. And um, I think I wanted to just eventually, like you said, like I started to kind of like know a little bit more about the sport and starting to see people do things. And I'm like, man, like, okay, if they could do it, you know, maybe I could do it. And maybe, you know, it's you surround yourself by those types of people that are doing what you want to do, or eventually you want to do, you kind of chase that a little bit for the mentorship and the coaching and to develop in that way. So I ended up finding out he, you know, opened up a gym, maybe 25 minutes away from where I lived. I considered it super close Perfect. and it was close yeah. enough to make the drive. I was still full-time student, but I actually continued. I ended up taking on more shifts at like this pizza shop that I worked at just so I could <laughs> afford the, the membership and the gas. Wow. And the miles. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. literally like every, my entire paycheck went to this membership, but yeah, so wow. I ended up going and I ended up doing like, even like a local competition that they had and just to see like a little bit of their community and kind of get a sense. And that's kind of always kind of the biggest piece of advice you eventually give to people that are exploring gyms is just, just drop in, get a sense of their community. Every community right. is different. 
and I just clicked. I connected with, you know, his wife has become my, one of my best friends, her name, Kristen Pantrick. She was my GA at John Carroll. No so way. I didn't I know found, that. Yeah. She was my running GA. I took this like one hour credit class, running class. <laughs> And she was my running coach. She was, you know, she was the running coach at John Carroll as well. Wow. Assistant running coach. And she had told me like, Hey, one of my friends is opening up this gym. One of her friends being Scott. (laughs) And, um, so I had gone out there eventually. So with that, I fell in love with it, with the community, with the people. And we kind of just, I eventually did like the open one of my not my first open. I think it was like my second open that I went there every single time. And like Scott was judging me and, you know, it was very like, I felt so, oh, this is it. This is official. I got to, I got impressed with fitness. Um, But yeah. And I became a member in 2014 and, and I was just like everybody else. I came in, you know, I signed up for class, took a class, connected with everybody. I would stay later to do extra credit. I would, you know, cheer people. Like it was just, you know, everything that we all love about the CrossFit community. It was, and it still is. And eventually that turned into, you know, I wanted to do more and be more. And I fell in love with the coaching aspect of it and eventually got my L1. And I eventually started to coach at CrossFit Mentality. And I've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. And then it, I think that's also important for people to see is how long it took from the time that you started until you started your first regional experience and you went on a team first and then eventually qualified as an individual and then got to the game. So it was a a like process of constant small improvements, incremental improvements year over year. So can you talk a little bit about that time, that strategy or when you, when you first knew or when you first maybe thought it was possible that you could see yourself at the CrossFit Games? Yeah. So like, I guess from moving to mentality in 2014, I continue, I just kind of chase the, the mentorship and the coaching. I wasn't necessarily chasing the CrossFit Games dream or the regionals dream. It was kind of just, I just want to grow. And I, in a way that I could maybe show my best and I'll get the best coaching and mentorship and I'll follow the the great leaders here on the side of town. And so I guess my goals around then were just compete. I remember even asking you for advice, like what's the best way to grow as an athlete? And you said to involve yourself in local competitions and that's a great way to build experience. So I just remember one time I did a local competition like every single month for like four oh, months. Wow. And I thought that was the way. <laughs> I was like, okay, Julie said to involve myself in local competitions. <laughs> so I like signed up for little competitions all the time. And That's um, awesome. so anyway, so eventually it kind of kind of just years went on and I went from not being super consistent at, to being a little bit more consistent with my attendance to class. And then from there it went from, you know, actually caring a lot more about my nutrition habits and about my sleeping habits. And then eventually, you know, I stopped going out as much on the weekends, you know, in college, you, everybody goes out, they go out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, <laughs> like it's just a thing. And um, so I started to pay more attention to kind of like my own goals in that area. So going out less and just taking care of myself more yeah. kind of just in the same way it, continue to develop my fitness. So like my fitness started to elevate, not having a specific goal up until 2017. 
that was kind of the first time that we were all doing, I had been doing the open for several years. And that was the first time when we were like, oh, like if we have enough points, like we could actually accumulate a team and bring some, you know, a team together for Nashville, regionals in Nashville. And that was our, that was like my first like professional level floor experience in Nashville. And you had gone team that year with Anne. I did. Yeah, we were all there. Oh my gosh. And I remember like, I remember you guys came in for like a training session and yeah. So that was fun. And I think the first time that I realized like I wanted to focus on individual, which still at the time I was like super new, like wasn't like stud by any means. But yeah, it was like that, that 2017 year seeing the team or seeing the individuals and being like, man, like, you know, team is fun, but like, I want to be able to like have that capacity and strength of an individual athlete. And yeah, just like that was just watching it from afar. It was just so cool. And I remember seeing Amanda, like so strong, just like, oh, totally. just so empowering, like other Amanda strong Barnhart. girls that I look up to that at the time I looked up to and now like it's cool to be friends with them. And in 2018, I made it as an individual for regionals. But I didn't do super well. Um, <laughs> I think I got like 32nd or 33rd okay. out of like 40, I think, girls. So very low on the leaderboard still. Um, and then sure enough, I had my first individual year at regionals. And the next year, it changed how you got to the games. Mm-hmm. So in, the by 2019, you could have gotten in through the open or through live sanctional competitions. And after that, I was like, I I want to kind of, I want to chase that. I want to see how close I could get. It was kind of yeah. like a very vague goal. Yeah, just see what happened. I wrote on our chalkboard. We have like a goals board at Mentality right before the 2019 Open, or right during the 2019 Open. I wrote, I want to like I said something along the lines of like how close can I get to the top hundred or how close can I get to the top girls? Um, and I got 24th in the open and that had qualified me for the games that year. Which was so incredible. And just to see that progression from team to then getting the, you know, the taste for what regionals was like and saying, I want to go individual and then qualifying individual and then really, you know, improving and qualifying through the open in 2019. And with that goal in mind, like, was there, what, what changed in your training between 2018 and 2019 where you said, okay, I went to regionals. I didn't do maybe as well as I would have liked, or maybe I didn't have a goal. And so what, what really propelled you forward into 2019? Yeah. So like 2018 was, it was, it was still a year because I was a full-time student. Still, I was at John Carroll getting my master's degree. So I was still a full-time master's student. And then I actually ended up working I started to work more full time at a chiropractic office, Code Cairo, with Chad and Mary Teague. Yeah. Um, I had taken on just like administrative, you know, front desk work, but I still, you know, I would go to, I would work there and then I sometimes would coach or like get my little bit of training in. And then I would go back to work to the office and then I would go to school at night. Like I would go to like six o'clock night class and, yeah. and then I would go home. So most of that 2018 year, like most of the days I actually maybe had one to two hours of actual training. Wow. Um, but my entire day was like very much just like a normal, like student, you got to go to school, you got to work, you got to make money and you train just a little bit. 
2019, that's when I actually, I ended up deciding not to go to my uh, graduation because I wanted to compete at Rogue. So like I was done with school by the end of 2018. And so from 2018 to 2019, I was able to just dedicate myself more to the gym, um, to the actual lifestyle that would keep me a little bit more successful in training. So like you could only train as hard as you recover is, you know, the, the very cliche thing to say, but it's so true. And it allowed me to eat more and train more and recover better and just spend more time underneath Scott's wing. And that's really what I think propelled me. I know propelled me a lot in 2019. I was training with Scott every day, like underneath, you know, him and we were morning until night and coaching in between. I was at the gym probably like eight to 10 hours a day. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. So really going all in and saying, this is what I want to do and prioritizing that, you know, over school or over other things. That's incredible. Um, And I would say like, it was still a hard year though, because in 2019, it was just, I feel like I went from like one extreme to a whole other extreme. And so I got a taste of like training all day. But then with that, I wasn't the athlete that I think I could have been because like, I didn't have, you know, the awareness on like proper nutrition, proper recovery. I thought the more volume you train or the more often you train, the fitter you're going to get. So we would just hammer like workouts (laughs) all day. Like I, you would end the day thinking there's nothing more that I could have done. (laughs) And I, I was struggling too. Like it was a hard year. I would deal with a lot of aches and pains, a lot of joint pain. I couldn't sleep. I was burning out a little bit in my training. So that like also wasn't, you know, who I wanted to be as an athlete, but definitely a a learning year. And yeah, I feel like every year it was just like a new chapter, a new learn lesson learned, something a little bit different, uh, developing as an athlete. Yes. And then the 2019 games obviously was also a really tough year because you're there, you finally make it, you're at the CrossFit games and they have changed the format again. So there are cut like pretty big cuts right after the first event. So you didn't get to compete as much as maybe you had hoped, or maybe you had wanted to, what was that experience like, or how did you kind of process all of that coming back from the games in 2019? Yeah, that was that was a hard year for so many people and the cuts were, you know, there's even cuts this year too, but, um, cuts you, you train it's, it was hard to get cut for something that you trained all year for and to only get like maybe four events in for something that you train, like as soon as you, you know, 12 months, 11 months out of the year. Um, it almost felt that it, I didn't get to feel what I wanted to feel by the end of the year. Like I thought that qualifying for the games as a rookie was going to feel way better, way more fulfilling. I thought I was going to just like all my problems would be gone. <laughs> like, <it was> just, <laughs> right. This thing you've was, been chasing. Oh yeah. This one thing that I've been chasing this whole year, just, it would just making it would have been enough. And you make it and then you get cut hope like, and you're in my mind, it's like, no, I think I deserve to like compete all year or all, you know, all weekend. Cause that's what I've trained for. And it was defeating. It was defeating because it was like my first year I got cut within, you know, four to eight hours. Um, and I finished 24th, but the cuts were pretty aggressive going into 
Saturday, they only took top 20 going into Saturday. And then they took top 10 going into Sunday. So they were the most aggressive cuts Mm -hmm. we have ever seen in the sport. Before then, there weren't any cuts. You know, you make the games and from first place to 40th place, you're doing the whole weekend. Um, So, yeah. So I remember someone asking, I actually, I, I remember getting cut. And the first thing I did was just cry, like just cry, emotional. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing you could do. And um, the first thing someone said to me as I was, I decided to spectate, you know, the rest of the weekend and, you know, see my friends. Someone asked me, they're like, so how does it feel being a spectator? And I was just like, (laughs) I can't have this conversation right now. I was like, it sucks. (laughs) No. Yeah. Like, but no, I was very emotional. Um, But I kind of like, amped you up like the next year you're like okay I know exactly what I need to do yeah and I actually didn't qualify for two more years yeah but I think that's also one of the best like the coolest parts of your story is how you know you you work your way up you qualify you know you're cut but then you don't give up and you've had a really tough last few years as far as qualifying goes like I know you've worked your butt off you had COVID in 2020, which really mixed things up quite a lot. And so it was only five, I think five women that ended up going to the games that year. Yeah. And then both 2021 and 2022, you are literally on the cusp of qualifying in the, the actual qualifier and then the last chance qualifier also. Um, And so that's what I think makes it so much sweeter for all of us watching. And I know it's so much sweeter for you to see you qualifying again this year and back at the games. But can you talk a little bit about your thought process? Because I think a lot of people might give up or they might say, maybe this isn't for me or maybe I don't have it. But you just always seem to have that fire. One, that just radiant joy and happiness and like clear passion for what you do. But to that fire for saying like, no, I'm, I deserve to be here. I can be here. I'm going to do it. And it's so cool to see that pay off, even though you had to be pretty patient. Yes. Uh, I, I think it, it always like, when I get asked, like, why do I keep coming back? Like, what's the thing that keeps you competing, even when you don't qualify? It's kind of a testament to like, I compete, not because I necessarily like, I don't have this like all or nothing mentality. I'm not competing to make a bunch of money. I'm not competing to get first place. And if it's not first place, it's for nothing. Like I compete because I truly have a passion for not necessarily just competing, but I think like what it brings into my life, like the people that I've gotten to connect with, the stories that I've gotten to like learn, like the amount of messages you get from that I've been able to get from people that have connected with my story or with my struggle in some way or whatever that that is like so much more special than just like saying that you got a chance to compete at the CrossFit games or saying that you are at a certain statistic in your season. So I think it's just the passion that I have for connecting with people and kind of my small, small journey allows me to do that and, you know, maybe make a change in someone else's life. Or maybe that's the story that gives someone hope that they can do hard things. And it maybe doesn't necessarily have to be CrossFit, but it could just be the fact that you could endure very tough situations in your life and you can overcome as long as you continue to believe and have that passion for yourself. And I have had things in my life happen 
that I could at at one point I, you know, actually I almost left John Carroll because I was struggling a lot personally. And I had brought it up to my mom, actually, like, I don't know if I could be here. I don't know if I could be around these people. Like I had had a very hard year of, you know, sexual abuse. And I just like, I wanted to give up on myself and so many other things. And I think the reason that I have so much fire in the sport is because like nothing will hurt as much as that season in my life. And I think it kind of like stems almost like that. And it's cool to like be able to use kind of that pain and turn it into something really awesome and empowering, right? And so I think like not qualifying, not qualifying, not qualifying and failing um, kind of takes me back to like that dark moment in my life where I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up, but there was like that little bit of hope that uh, you latch on to and you pursue and you push. And yeah, so I think that's just kind of like I've lived that life and I want to keep sharing that that's possible. And I could express that through sport, which is the most that's the biggest honor for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. They're giving me like chills and tears over here just hearing you talk about that. And it's so beautiful. And having that, like, first, just thank you for sharing that because it's a hard thing to share, but it does give so many people that have been through something really hard, that have been through a situation, like, hope to hear you talk about it and to see how you overcome it and how you continue to overcome in all the different challenges that you experience in life. And so, it's so inspiring and it's so, so cool that you get to use your platform to do that. And I know that, you know, you've used it not, you know, for so many good reasons. So another, um, can you talk a little bit about the workout that you created for the Masamini. Iranian woman? Masamini? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, there's the, uh, there's a pretty much a, an Iranian revolution going on that, um, Masamini was a young girl who was out in the streets of, I believe, Tehran, um, and she was killed for not wearing her hijab appropriately. And there's this up, there was this uprising, you know, against, you know, the the police on, you know, women's equality and freedom, and we should be able to, and Iranian women, not just us. I mean, Iranian women should have the liberty to you know, speak for themselves and dress how they feel comfortable. And the fact that there was a lot of um, corruption c- that continues to go on in Iran and women don't necessarily have the platform and the opportunity that other women around the country do. And, you know, us here in the U.S., we get to be that voice. So actually during that time, we, I had no idea what was going on. I'm not someone that pays too much attention to the news necessarily, but And at the time, we were actually getting blocked from a lot of the truth that was going actually happening because the Iranian government was blocking a lot of the news and a lot of the messages that were trying to be, you know, poured out. So there was more exposure to, you know, what was going on in Iran. I was getting messages on Instagram. I was getting messages on Instagram from actually a lot of men asking for help to just share the story, share Masamini's you know, story and situation and happening and do it in a way that maybe could bring people and just the awareness and just give a little bit more strength behind um, them and be their voices. So anyway, so Masamini, uh, the workout eventually was written 
um, for her to honor her, to honor pretty much the women, freedom and equality that Iranian women are fighting for. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was very hard. And that's something that, you know, we can't it, you almost feel helpless. Like I can't do anything and I can't help in any way. But the messages that I got from a lot of people in Iran were very special and obviously heartbreaking. And so we wrote this workout to honor her. And it was uh, a third. It was a AMRAP of some thrusters and <laughs> bar facing burpees and a run. And yeah, so it was a uh, beautiful that the fact that I posted it and so many CrossFit communities latched on and they shared it and they did it and they programmed it for their boxes and they shared it around the world and so many. Iranian women that have the voice reached out and shared it as well. And it was just very beautiful. And I think that's, that's really what uh, a community like this is about is maybe we can't make huge world change, but we could make some little change. And maybe that's just as small as just sharing love with people around you. And, you know, as small as that could, could help make an impact. But yeah, that was a very hard situation. That is a very hard situation for Iran, and yeah. the women there are still fighting, and the men are still fighting, and there are thousands and thousands of lives lost. Yeah, and I, th I think I love, or I love what you say about it. Doesn't maybe it's not the tangible impact that you wish you could make, but just by being that voice, just by sharing, talking about it, connecting with other people, honoring. Um, those who are there, those who have lost their lives, those who are fighting, it does go a really long way. And it's a, it's showing the the collective just sort of power and love in that. And I love what you wrote. I even, I read one of your quotes about it. You said, Iranian women and all women should be free to show off how proud they are of their strong bodies, minds, talents, and passions without the fear of death or punishment being just a moment away, which is so beautiful. And I think just really re reflected in that workout and reflected in, you know, a lot of what CrossFit does give women is that ability to feel comfortable being strong and feel comfortable, you know, and confident in lifting weights and, and doing all the things that we do. So that was really beautiful. And also, and also just, I can see your heart and like going back to your own experience, like how you have an experience of being able to relate in some way of not having that power feeling you know, oppressed in some way. And so you can be able to relate to, to so many people who are in different situations and give, give them a voice and actually yes. take action on it, which you did, which is so amazing. And it's, it's wild because, well, my, my background, you know, I'm very lucky and I feel very honored. Like my dad's side is Iranian. So I do share, you know, Iranian blood and my mom's side is Mexican. So I have, I do have that representation of, of both cultures. And, you know, you also have this, you almost feel like you ha you eventually have this responsibility to like be that voice for the people that can't in, you know, countries like Iran. So it's really cool for, I have a lot of followers from, you know, the Middle East, from Iran and Iranian women and men message me the most like beautiful, beautiful things on wow. uh, just yeah. the honor of representing their people. And, and, you know, I have this like, well, I wasn't born there and I wasn't, you know, and I, so you feel like still disconnected, but in a way you get messages from them and it reassures you that like, just even doing a little, this small chapter in my life of representing yeah. who I am in this sport also represents an entire group of people that also want to have representation and they want to show that, 
you know, they do have a voice and they are strong and they are capable. It's cool to still have those roots and be a, a representation of, I don't just represent Fee Sagafi, you know, <laughs> me, I represent a whole group of people. And I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about sport in general is that it you're is. expressing more than just competition when you compete. That's right. It's anybody who can relate to you. You're giving them hope. You're giving them a voice. You're giving them inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, which is so beautiful. And I love the way that you connect with the Mexican and Latin American CrossFit population too, which is such a strong <laughs> and um, I don't know what the word is, lively population and they have a place a where the sport um, is growing so much. Honor in everything. Yes. 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 It was cool if, to if see the other day post met. a video in Spanish and... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If anyone has ever met uh, anyone in the Latino community, they're very passionate. Like Latinos, the Latin community is extremely passionate over whatever it is. Like, I think I'm very, I, I love, you know, that side of my culture too, because no matter if you are a janitor, a cook, a teacher, a you know, a helper, like, it doesn't matter if you're a maid, like, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. If you sell tacos on the street, if you are the CEO of an incredible, you are everyone, at least the Latin culture, they are known to be passionate for their job, their career, their people, their friends, their family, like, they just work so hard. And there's truly like something so special about uh, the Latino community. So it's cool to like, have that support and that love from them and you, uh-huh. you I meet you know someone that shares the same culture as me and it feels like we're cousins <laughs> yeah you know, we're instantly family and it's a very passionate community so cool and so cool to see you have so many supporters around the world Oh, I'm very lucky. Well, I know we're just, uh, while we're on the topic, because you have such a a beautiful heart and you're using your platform for so many good things, aside from, I mean, just alone, just seeing what you do as an athlete is inspiring enough, but you also are using it for these really meaningful things. And I know you're coming out with a really special barbell soon. So can you talk a little bit about that and, and what it is going to support? Yes. So my, one of my partners, one of my incredible partners, Lycan Fitness, Lycan, L-Y-C-A-N. They're actually, uh, they were originally from Mexico. So they're a Mexican fitness equipment company and they're starting to make their way into the States. And so Lycan, they came out where we're actually coming out with a barbell. So my first, my very own first barbell, um, it's called Feroz Barbell. So Feroz in Spanish means fierce and it's spelled f-e-r-o-z and it has all the letters of my name as well that's amazing um so feroz means fierce and the color of this barbell is uh, a beautiful marbled turquoise so we took my name which actually represents turquoise the stone Um, okay the stone uh turquoise is a very powerful strong it keeps it's known to keep you safe you know in the iranian culture And it's a very, so that's what my name represents. And so we created this barbell and the sales of this barbell, which will be coming out after the CrossFit Games, part of those sales are actually going to go back to a nonprofit organization, Um, kind of. So it's, we continue to have, you know, and Lycan continues to have this passion of continuing to build and, you know, build the communities that support them and giving back to the community. And we wanted to do that with supporting a nonprofit called Buddy Strong. Um, so Buddy Strong is a nonprofit uh, that my sister-in-law, she actually started it in uh, at CrossFit Soul, which is a CrossFit community in Twinsburg, Ohio. 
and Buddy Strong is uh, supports individuals with Down syndrome. So she actually created pretty much right now a class that meet that meets I think once to twice a week, um, and she brings individuals that have Down syndrome, and they're from you know they're some of them are teenagers, some of them are older adults, um, a little bit of everything, and she creates these opportunities for them to come together. You know they love on each other the way that we love on each other in our community, and they feel included. And I think that's what's truly the most important is that everyone deserves a space. Everyone deserves to feel that camaraderie, no matter your background, um, no matter where you come from, no matter what your abilities are or capabilities are. Right. And it's going to, so those sales are going to go back to them and it's going to help create more events, more opportunities, more camps, more, more of everything that maybe we get a little bit more easily. And it gives them that same opportunity to make them feel that they're no different because they're not. I love that. That is amazing. Excited so excited for all of us to be able to support and get a really cool turquoise barbell. That's amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I posted something on my Instagram, a little teaser, but we'll be officially kind of posting like the final touches on it. But I'm just so excited. I'm hoping that like, you know how, and I guess the idea too behind it is when you're lifting, you know, there's so much that goes on when you're lifting, right? It's not just the act of lifting. You almost have to have an attitude, right? And anyone that, you know, is involved in CrossFit or weightlifting or just involves weightlifting in their routine, you have to have an attitude to feel strong, right? Mm-hmm. And the fiddles is fierce. The fierce. It's like having, <laughs> that's right. So we wanted to kind of just make that a reminder that when you look down, you see that. <laughs> I love that. And I love all the ways that it embodies you. That's so cool. Thank so you. cool. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit about Wild Health because I know you're new to the experience, but you're just starting to get get on board with your health coach and with your doctor. And so one, I would love to hear just what inspired you to want to start with Wild Health and then anything about your experience so far that you want to share. Yes. So I ended up hearing about Wild Health, well, actually through you, Julie, just through posts and I was seeing it online and um, didn't understand, I guess, what exactly it was until we started to chat about it more and started to dive more into it. And I think what I, what really drew me in was more of kind of how personalized, you know, these, this health report truly is and how one on, like how connected you actually are with your doctor and your team of health coaches, which is really what I love. And I think before you always thought that you had to be unhealthy or, you know, already dealing with something to go see a doctor, or you had to, you know, already be sick to go take on, you know, and improve your nutrition or your lifestyle habits. And I love that when wild health started to come around, you know, they start to, you guys started to show how, you know, health is, it's a long-term thing. And whether you're healthy or not healthy or wherever you are on the spectrum, there's always ways to improve and personalize and just amplify uh, your lifestyle. And to me, as an athlete, on the athlete side, you're always trying to find ways to fine tune and improve, um, you know, what you do and how we perform. And on the other side of things, I love that Wild Health does all this, you know, genomic testing and biohacking and like truly breaks things down to the cellular level. And in my family, I have a good amount of family history of disease. Unfortunately, like it's just the truth. I have in my family, there's cardiovascular disease, there's cancer, there's Alzheimer's. And and it's kind of scary because it kind of shows that you're not 100% immune to it. 
even though you might feel healthy right now. That's um, right. Yeah. So that's really what drew me in. And I actually just had my first uh, meeting with Dr. Jeffrey and my uh, health coach, Nate, and we're just starting to break things down. I'm still super new, but they started, they showed me some data that I had no idea. So I pretty much, they sent me a little capsule to spit into. And I sent over like a sample of spit of saliva and they broke down 50 pages of like genetics. And we even, we didn't even get a chance to go through like the hormonal stuff, but they started to show me data that I asked Dr. Jeffrey, I'm like, how can you, how do you know that's (laughs) what I am, who I am? Um, He even like broke down like who I am as an athlete before me telling him who I am as an athlete. So he could tell like how, well, I'm able to take intensity, where my strength is, where my endurance is, um, how my um, muscles or my pain sensitivity, how high or low it is on the spectrum. And so, I mean, 50 pages of so many things. <laughs> so and so I could tell very quickly that like, dang, things are about to get very, very personal in this health report. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to keep diving into it. And we're just about three weeks out. So I think the goal is to, you know, in the off season, really take the time to learn about myself. And you start to realize that it's not just about eating your proteins, fats, and carbs. <laughs> right. Right. That, it's those little it's incremental more. improvements and a part of yeah. your evolution, right? Like you, like you said early in the early years, it was, okay, I'm not going to go out as much in college and sleep more and eat better. And now you have really honed your fitness and your health so much, but now there's still always room for fine tuning, which I think is really exciting. And I can't wait to see kind of what you learn and how you continue to evolve um, on that I note, like ex- over- I think I'm excited oh, too. I'm sorry. I think I'm excited too on what I didn't even realize is the importance of preventative, you know, preventative care. And I think that's like something that I'm starting to realize you kind of start to lose track on, you know, what's important in life when you focus on maybe just one goal, which what's for in me front right of you, mm-hmm. sport. Um, mm-hmm. you start to forget about truly the preventative side of your health. And yeah. so, yeah, so just kind of making that a point on me, not just the improvements that I know I'm going to see in the short term, but even in the long term, way, you know, way past, you know, this chapter of sport, hoping to prevent so many more things. Um, I think that's a great you know, point. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sacrifice right now your performance, but how can you be smart about what you're doing? So you're maximizing your performance and you're hopefully preventing disease or yeah. problems later on, which is awesome. So over the years, as you've gone on this evolution of Fee's health and fitness journey, what are some of the things that have made the biggest difference for you when it comes to maybe nutrition or recovery or training, sleep? Like, what are your things that you implemented and then you said, oh my gosh, this is a real game changer or a real level up for you? So I would even, so I would say, honestly, the biggest thing that kind of just catapulted me, I think, as an athlete. This might be surprising to some people, but as soon as I started to actually get a coach, I realized that more when it came to training, first off, more isn't better. And I came from doing so much, like to me, it was so much training. Um, and I started to burn out and I started to experience so many just like little nagging things. I started to, I partnered up, you know, I committed to being coached and following brute strength with Matt Torres 
And that was the first thing that I think the biggest thing that I eventually made me see improvements in myself is smarter training didn't mean more volume and more metcons. Just like we find success in personalized health programming program, working with a coach, personalized training uh, for me as an athlete became super important and it allowed me to really strengthen in the areas that we were focusing on um, and still develop. And with that, my recovery started to actually get better. So actually training volume came down and everything came up. Like I was able to, you know, develop in my strength, develop in my endurance, develop in my skills without having to do more and more and more. Um, And with that, you know, I definitely started to prioritize my recovery in between. So like sleeping, oh, that was just like number one. When I was in Cleveland, I don't think I slept all that well. And there's no like magic pill to anything. But I feel like if there is some <laughs> some form of magic, it has to be in sleep. Sleep, yeah, and for sure. So I definitely, I mean, before I would I would spend you know eight to ten hours at the gym. So my recovery in between sessions wasn't ideal because I was still on my feet. I wasn't eating. I probably wasn't eating enough for the amount of activity. You know, the non-exercise activity I was still sure. doing. My stress was probably still up because I was coaching. I was giving energy to the classes and working with others and maybe personal training sessions and then my training sessions. So from start to it finish, takes a lot out of you. What yeah. my what my days looked like in Cleveland were just way more stressful and way less recovered. And being full-time here, um, I'm able to recover way more efficiently and my training is just smarter. It's not necessarily more or more intense or less intense. It's just smarter. And it's it's um, something that's been the biggest shift between last year and this year. So sleep being number one, and then a personalized training routine was the thing that set me up for better success. I love that. And I think it's an important lesson for all of us, whether you're doing this as a professional athlete or just in life, right? More is not always better. And in order to get the adaptations that we're looking for, we do need to balance that with enough recovery. Um, And so even if that's someone who's doing this recreationally, but really likes to do a lot of volume or is burning the candle at both ends, like, like you were, you know, working, having a family, doing all these other things throughout the day and not having the recovery, those are all things we have to, to keep in mind. So even the CrossFit Games athletes are doing it and they're aware of it, which I think is great to see. Yeah. Um, I guess like if there was like a third thing, um, eating is always hard, but it's needed. And I actually, my fiance still kind of like reminds me like, you got to eat, you got to eat, you got to (laughs) eat. And to the point of, I think, I mean, the reason that I think I've been able to feel a lot better has been, and for, you know, people listening, like, fuel, fuel, like good fuel is, will keep, you know, your tank full and be able to perform. And whether you're a CrossFit athlete or just an everyday, you know, person trying to find success in their career and job, and you want energy throughout the day to not be scared of calories. And I think I, I used to be, I used to be that girl that didn't want to eat and didn't want to, you know, gain weight or, uh, I was scared of carbs. I was scared of calories overall. And yeah, so that's definitely a huge change. Well, thank you for sharing that because it is a very common phenomenon that I see with patients at wild health is, 
you know, we've heard those messages for so many years of you just have to eat less or cut your carbs and just exercise more. And over the course of many years of doing that and also being in other high stress environments that can have negative health implications. So, you know, you heard it here from Fee that it's, uh, it's important for all of us. What does, you're just a few weeks out from the games. Um, can you share with us what now, what does a typical day in your life look like as far as like sleep recovery, training, anything that you want to share? Yeah. So typically now games training is, you know, three weeks out, we have a lot of, a lot more sessions where we're doing three sessions a day. So we have about two to three sessions a day. Most, I think I would say two to three times a week, we're probably hitting three sessions a day. And then we're now getting two full days of recovery. So we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. As of this week, we get Thursday and Sunday off. Um, So typically I'll, you know, I'll wake up. I usually wake up around 630 in the morning and I wake up, I, you know, drink my coffee, eat breakfast, big breakfast. Like I try to get a big breakfast in. I'm usually one that some people like to maybe eat something small and then go train. And I need so much fuel because my first training session goes from, you know, 830 in the morning, typically until I walk out around 1130. Uh, So it's a long, a long training session. And then after that first training session, I go home and usually around maybe like 130, in between 130 and 230, we're heading back for a second session. And we, as in Emma Carey, so I train with Emma um, and, and we're, you know, a party of two Damn. in our training group <laughs> and we'll go back for a second session and that'll be maybe another, you know, two hours that we're spending time at the gym. And then on the days that we do have a third session, we'll either go back, eat something quick or just have our meals with us or our supplements. Or at that point, we're probably just drinking carbs and drinking fuel at that point, um, heading to our third session. So our third session could be outside. It could be, you know, on a trail. It could be, you know, maybe just like a more aerobic session. It could be any any one of those things at this point. (laughs) And our third session is usually like around five o'clock. Um, yeah, four to five o'clock. And by that point, I'm probably getting home by six thirty, seven 7 o'clock, getting dinner, winding down and straight to bed. Ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what it is. Like, it's not, it's nothing flashy. It's, you know, it's nothing like, oh, you know, I can't so wait. Exciting. You know, it's not yeah. super, super fun. It's just, you kind of go, you do your job, you come back and the gaps between sessions are literally for eating and staying off your feet and then packing up and going to do it again. Um, So, yeah, so that's kind of why this time of the year is so, so much more high stress than any other months is just because you're just giving so much and it's so much effort into each session um, versus, you know, in other parts of the season, you do maybe a hard first session and then a more, you know, less intense second session. And here it's, it's ramped up. You're pushing every, it's all every the way time. ready. Yeah, for we're your doing peak a lot here. of, um, it's really fun though. This time of the year, it's fun because we get to be outside more. So where we typically for the games, you know, or for any other time, like open or quarterfinals, you really stick to the traditional, you know, movements and things that right. you really, you just need the gym for. So we get to have fun and it's really cool to be able to train with an actual training camp. So we yeah. get to be on the trails. We get to go swimming. We get to 
be running outside and just doing things that you can't even do inside of a gym, which is everything that the games are. Um, so it, at the same time, as hard as it is, it's so much more fun. It so truly much is more fun. Best oh, yeah. time of the year. And you know, going into the games, you know, you've given it everything and you're so prepared, which is just the best feeling. Yes. Um, That's always the what goal. You- the goal is to be exposed as much as you can in training. So then you get to the games and you're just hoping that the preparation. <laughs> you're like, I've got this. I've got yes. this. <laughs> what are you mostly, as you think about, as you visualize the games this year in Madison, what are you most looking forward to or what do you hope to see? I'm really hoping happen? to, I'm really hoping that, so throughout the year we've, you know, my coach, Matt, and us as his athletes, we're always trying, you know, I think everyone plays that guessing game on like what could potentially show up. So part of me is excited to see if some of our, you know, preparation and other things have like are going to show up. Maybe the skills that we've been trying to, you know, develop that necessarily aren't something you'll see in the open or quarterfinals. But we kind of start to get an idea of, you know, the theme of last year to what could be this year. So we're excited to see maybe new skills come up that maybe we have been working on behind the scenes and just seeing if we were right or if the preparation was enough or appropriate. And I think that's always fun for any coach or any athlete to see if you kind of trended in the right direction. And if you get it right, even better. Um, <laughs> right. But I'm also excited to just see kind of where, how far I've come when it comes to just overall as an athlete. Like, I think my goal at the games is, you know, to, to obviously give my best and to be the best that I can be. But I think what's important to me and what is going to make me feel proud is that I was able to show that I am better than who I was even just a couple months ago. Um, and I think the biggest moment of, of pride this past semifinals is I was able to show that my strength has been getting better. Um, and strength has always been something that I struggled with, especially because it takes so long to develop. And it <laughs> yes. just, even just a, like, even just small improvement could take years and years and years. So I'm hoping to have more moments of that show up at the games where I could prove yes. to myself that me a couple months yes. ago couldn't have done it, but I could do it now and I could show up and I could maybe hang a little bit tougher with the, with the stronger girls. So I'd be excited. I, love that. I, I, I think that would be a good moment for me. Well, I'm so excited to watch you and to cheer you on. I know we all are here at Wild Health and all of your fans from all around the world are excited to watch you at the games this year. So we're wishing you the best of luck. And how can people listening who maybe don't already know you, how can they follow along or how they, how can they show you support for this year for the games and beyond? Uh, well, th- my journey is so public and to the world on Instagram. So on Instagram, I actually have my uh, link. There's shirts that we're selling. Fee fan shirts have actually the fee fan uh, shirt had started back in 2019. A couple friends from uh, Midnight City CrossFit in Canton, they they came out with a fee fan shirt at Rogue Invitational, and that theme oh. of fee fan has carried on. And so we're selling <laughs> game shirts for people to wear, not just for the games, but it truly just supports me as an athlete. The the life of an athlete is extremely uh, <laughs> is extremely extensive, and it's very hard <laughs> to continue on in the sport without support. And I think that's the biggest thing for us as athletes is we truly we're able to continue doing what we love because of the support. Um, so those shirts are on. We actually we've only ordered a limited amount for people. So there's only a, a little bit left. 
out there. Okay. So that's that'll be great. So and it's go get the, one. A brute strength website is on there and it's on my Instagram as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we will check those out. This thank has been you. so fun. Thanks I you. always enjoy catching up with you, but thank you so much for sharing and we'll be rooted for you. Thank you, Julie. I can't wait. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people.